here is the church. Here is the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people. I grew up with this nursery rhyme and hand motions. Here is the church. Here is the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people. Except now, during this season of pandemic, it's more like here is the church, here is the steeple, open the doors, where are all the people? As I look around the landscape of Seattle, as I talk with other pastors about their plans, as I survey decisions and watch as their plans to reopen their Sunday worship services eventually fall through. As large churches make public their decision to forego in-person services through the end of the year, I mean, even Amazon has the same policy for their corporate employees, work from home, until January 8th, 2021. Pastors sit heavy with the weight of this question on their shoulders. To open or not to open? That is the question. As a church, our posture toward the pandemic has always been to follow the science and, and honestly to pay attention as much as we can to the mental and emotional health of our community, which is why we've not made any plans for reopening. Our process in this pandemic has always been to take decisive steps forward, steps that once taken we never have to retreat from. We don't want to make plans for opening and then two weeks later have to shut down again. We don't want to announce a date for gathering only to have to cancel. We want to make decisions that we'll never have to step backwards from. And during this season, it's certainly hard to be so cautious. But we're holding fast to this because we love you. And we care about your mental and emotional health. We, we don't want to jerk you around, which is why we're continuing in this digital online space for the foreseeable future. We're doing it out of an abundance of caution, an abundance of care, and ultimately out of love. And I know, I know it's not the same. I know it feels like something big is missing. I, I know it feels like we don't get to live fully into the secret sauce of what makes United so unique. I know that it doesn't seem like we get to fully experience the essence of who we are. But I think this is actually a beautiful opportunity for us, an opportunity to explore that secret sauce a bit more. Because here's the thing. You're actually here. Stick with me for a moment. Because all around the country, practicing Christians are dropping like flies. Seriously, the Barna Group, which is an organization that studies trends in churches around the country, released a study this week that one in three practicing Christians have fully disengaged from church during this pandemic. One in three. I mean, that's not a small amount. Yet for us in this season, we've been experiencing growth. In fact, our church has actually grown in number during this season. And, 
And, and I know that you can't visibly see that right now. And so here's the question I have for you. Why are you here? It's noon on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. Summer has finally arrived in Seattle, and yet you're here, watching, participating, interacting. You're here, not a statistic. And so it's a pretty valid question, right? Why are you here? It's not like watching church provides you with the same kind of community. It's not as if staring at your phone or computer or TV for these 30-odd minutes gives you the same experience of going to church. If anything, it reminds you of the weight of what we're under, the weight of life, the weight of this pandemic, the weight of suffering and inequality. I'm still struck by the old Dave Matthews lyric. Oh God, under the weight of life, things seem so much better on the other side. Right? So why are you here? What is church to you? Have you ever thought about that question? What is church to you? I've been a part of a lot of different churches in my 22 years of being a pastor. I've seen all sorts of reasons. For some, church is about community. It's a relational sphere, a place to get to know others, especially those new to a city. For others, being a part of church is simply good for business. Church is a job fair or a trade show of sorts, the, the place where you go to mine sales leads or network for better opportunities. For some, church is a sacred location, a, a place where you get to meet with God, a place where you get to rest or breathe or revel in God's goodness. For others, it's a great place for a weekly lecture. <laughs> and while you may resonate with some of those reasons or be revolted by others. I'm, I'm curious about you. What is church to you? Can you name it? The Apostle Paul does a beautiful job of defining what church actually is. And now, don't get too caught up on the word apostle. It's, it's simply a title that describes his activities, like Pilate Maria or Dr. Jamal. Apostle literally means sent one. Paul was empowered and sent throughout the land to start new churches. He, he was a perpetual starter. And after staying in places for a few years, he'd move on to start another new church. But he'd stay in relationship through letters, the Instagram stories of the day. The churches would often write him with questions and situations, wondering how to handle them. And Paul would write back, Think of it as long-form texting. You know, the people whose text messages are longer than most novels. Sorry. Well, Paul's responses make up over half of the New Testament. And, and one of the letters in particular, Ephesians, is where we're going to sit for the next few weeks. And, and if you want to read some of the backstory for what Paul was doing in Ephesus, you should read Acts chapters 19 and 20. 
there's actually some really fun stuff in there with with Paul threatening the economic systems and structures of the region, even the world, because of Jesus. I mean, it's explosive stuff. And don't tell me Jesus doesn't have anything to say about current economics. So Paul is writing this letter to the church in Ephesus after having been away for a while. It's a letter in response to some questions they've got for him. And, and what's kind of fun is that we have no idea what those questions are. And here's Paul, a man who has a profound love for this group of people, this community that he started but now has grown and shifted, who, who look more like Jesus now than when he first started with them writing this letter of love and encouragement. And he, he starts by reminding them who they are to God's holy people, the faithful in Christ Jesus. He reminds them whose they are, God's. He reminds them what they are, holy. And he reminds them of their active posture, faithful. You are God's holy people, faithful in Christ Jesus. But he doesn't stop there. He, he keeps reminding them of who they are. You are God's adopted children, he writes, sons and daughters of the king. You have, you, have, you have been so, you are so beyond valuable that Jesus gave his life for you. You are the ones he loves. Just the other day, I heard an 11-year-old little girl tell her story. She said that every day before she goes to school, her dad asks her the same question three times. Who are you? I'm a child of the king, she answers. Who are you? I'm deeply loved by God. Who are you? I am someone who loves others like I've been loved by God. Ooh. If only we understood that. Am I right? And this is exactly what Paul is getting at. If you, if you want to know what the church is, you've got to know who you are in Jesus. You are a child of the King. You are deeply loved by God. You are someone who loves others like you've been loved by God. And there's no lengths to which God hasn't gone to show you that love. In him we have redemption the sacrifice of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches God's grace has lavished upon us. You see, we are children of God's revolution. We are the children of God's revolution. I'm going to say that one more time. We are the children of God's revolution. And we have been called to reveal the good news of God's amazing grace, to help usher in this new creation of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. The church is a people who know who we are, that we are children of God's revolution, that we are deeply loved by God, a people who love others like we've been loved by God. This is the revolution. You see, I believe the church is an incubator of revolutionaries, and the crux of the revolution is as simple as that. You are children of the king. You are deeply loved by God. You love others like you've been loved by God. 
this is the reason why I've been involved in church planting for over 14 years, from starting churches to resourcing church planters to training church planters, not just here in the States, but in the Dominican Republic and Haiti. The, the church is an incubator of revolutionaries. You are revolutionaries, and, and we represent the king who loves us more than we could ever know. And we, you and I, we live into this reality and we demonstrate and proclaim that love to everyone we meet. This is the revolution. The church is an incubator of revolutionaries, activating revolutionaries who demonstrate and proclaim God's grace and his good news. We are a people who live in a way that affirms no one is alone with their problems, that no one has to conceal their disabilities, that there aren't some of us who get all the say and others who must remain silent, who don't dismiss each other, even in tension or disagreements. The church transcends every barrier imposed by family, class, and culture. We are a community of believers who embody good news that Jesus shattered the barriers that divide us all and then pulled us together in a new community of love of which we all are invited to participate in. And we represent God's coming kingdom, making itself the voice of people who don't yet have a voice of their own. We are an incubator of revolutionaries, you and me. We were chosen for this, and we get to live into this, the mystery of our chosenness as a holy and faithful people deeply loved by God. So who are you? Who are you? You're a child of the King. Who are you? You are deeply loved by God. Who are you? As someone who loves others like you've been loved by God. This is actually our secret sauce. And it doesn't require for us to be together in person for this season. Who are you? You're a child of the King. Who are you? You are deeply loved by God. Who are you? You are someone who loves others like you've been loved by God. This is who we are. And together the church our church is an incubator of revolutionaries faithfully demonstrating and proclaiming God's grace and the good news of his infinite love to the world around us. Who are you? 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 